Welcome to Solving for B, your podcast for all things branding and marketing. In this week's edition, we'll unearth the elements you need to build a website that delivers the best possible user experience. So settle in and enjoy the discussion at Solving for B by Brand Extract. Hi, and welcome into another episode of Solving for B. Today, we're going to discuss the key components of an effective website why each is important, and how they all work together. I'm your host, Chris Wilkes, and to help break down each of these elements, I'm joined by Director of User Experience, Cynthia Stepech. Hey there. Vice President of Software Engineering, Donovan Buck. Hi, Chris. And making his podcast debut, Creative Director, Darren Guillory. Hello. Thanks for sitting in today, guys. Uh, now, to, to start us off, can you tell us what the ultimate goal of any website is? Well, it's communication. It's accurately communicating whatever your client or whomever that is, what they're trying to express through that site. So, um, for example, if it's a, um, you know, a business of some sort, you know, a, let's say it's a cooking magazine, (laughs) it's like you want to allow your users to arrive on the site, find information easily, quickly, and get to the core of what it is they're looking for. So, And really what that speaks to is like user experience, right? It's Absolutely. providing, uh, I'm borrowing, I guess, uh, I'm borrowing a, a phrase from Google here, but really um, what we're trying to do across the web and Google being the, the overlord that we all <laughs> have to adhere to is providing the best user experience possible. So minimal friction, mi- uh, most valuable information, easy paths to, to that information. Absolutely. There's a lot of like, you know, you can take into consideration like, okay, best practices for developing websites. And, you know, there's a lot of things, everything you just mentioned, minimal friction, you know, um, making sure you the hierarchy of the information that you're presenting on the site, um, you know, is makes it so that it's easier to find information, all this stuff. But I think another core thing for developing a great user experience is com- understanding your target audience and who it is you're speaking to that goes a little bit beyond just following best practices and really kind of diving into who your target audience is and the, you know, what types of challenges they might be facing or what they're looking for specifically. So Yeah, and that's a good point because the uh, the user experience, the optimal user experience is going to um, depend on your target audience. What I mean, if you're mm-hmm. if you're speaking to um, you know, let's say middle aged men, their optimal user experience, the way that they interact with websites, is going to be a little bit different than the way maybe um, teenage girls are. are yeah, absolutely, know, and that's something I always take into consideration when developing a website experience. You know, going back to what makes a good user user experience and a good website is understanding that audience. So, and you bring up a very good point that it's like, you know, if you look at more of this younger age group, it's like, what are they looking for? What qualifies as something that would create a better experience for them? Maybe it's a highly searchable site, uh, on-site search, you know, versus like a lot of, you know, other folks where it's like the navigation might make more sense. We might be looking at even design things where it's like, larger fonts, smaller fonts, you know, what works for older eyes, people like me. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's a really good segue um, because, you know, now that we've established um, that user experience is kind of our optimal user experience is is one of the the main goals of any website. Um, What I want to talk about is you talked about font sizes and accessibility. I want to talk about, because it's it's topical right now, uh, we're seeing, you know, there's some, there's been, 
lawsuits happening, frivolous or not. I mean, we can kind of debate that, but um, accessibility is one of the key components to providing a good user experience. If your site isn't accessible to everyone, um, then some people are getting left out of that user experience. So, um, Donovan, can you talk a little bit about what accessibility is and why it's important? Sure. Well, um, generally speaking, it's it's a, as you you know uh, summarize it's it's making your site accessible to people who have some form of disability, and the, the one we think of most often is um, vision, right? A person's ability to see. I'm looking around the table right now. Darren, Chris, are either of y'all wearing contacts? Yes, I am not. I am. Okay, so uh, two people here are wearing glasses. One's wearing contacts. The majority of the people at this table have a visual impairment. That may not be as severe as some of the ones we need to specifically address, but there's a huge number of people who do have a visual impairment. You know, our clients are B2C, B2B, across the board, um, and a lot of times the decision makers that we're trying to reach, the, the, the target audience, might be a, someone over 50, uh, and they're going to have problems reading small fonts and things like that. So it's not just the extreme cases. It's, it's the minor cases that we need to be considerate of when we're doing our our design work and our UX work. So, Darren, whenever you're talking about balancing usability with design, is there um, are there sacrifices that have to be made, or there, or, or is it is it good design includes accessibility? That's correct. Uh, from my point of view and from our point of view, they're not mutually ex- exclusive, right? They all contribute to the user experience, but you don't necessarily have one without the other, right? You can have a beautiful designed, a beautifully designed website, but it can still be accessible. I think there's this notion in certain circles where, uh, well, my fonts are too big, they, they look uh, horsey, or they look garish, or they're just overt or too large. And that's, that's not true anymore. We have a vast library of, of fonts that we can pull from that are um, accessible to anyone. And there's display fonts, and there's all these different sizes and and so not just typography but there's other things in the creative circles sure. that would contribute to that too so. contrast ratios i mean right. are there any are there any um i guess marquee examples i mean we've been talking about fonts here but are there any other marquee examples of um i guess a way to creatively or yeah creatively make a site accessible well, uh, so, and I think it's a lot of the same things we were talking about. So it's like a lot of this is in the realm of, of visuals, you mm-hmm. know. So it's like it is a contrast ratio. It is the, um, I would say, you know, in some cases, image quality. It just kind of depends on what the site experience is. It's a type size, um, you know, and those are all the things. Now, there's a lot of stuff that goes on on the back end that, you know, then ties into the visuals. So, for example, and Donovan, I'll let you, you know, talk about this part where it's like, you know, making items on the site accessible, uh, for example, for people who like use readers. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, you're right. The, the, the majority of things that we need to do to make a site accessible for a screen reader uh, don't affect the design. Mm-hmm. Right, there are tags that we put in in the back end, things that the, the rest of us who aren't using assistive technologies never even see. Um, there are some things that, that the designers knew, do need to worry about. Um, contrast ratio is a really important one that you see uh, violated a lot on a, on a lot of websites out there. Um, and font size is another one, of course, for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. Mm-hmm. From the design perspective, though, I mean, uh, you, you can find a great baseline font, which is your lowest point size, mm-hmm. and still create a, a great rhythm, a great hierarchy, mm-hmm. and a great system of, 
of, of typography that is both usable and functional and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's also something to be said for like, so site experience. So going back, you know, every time before we start an engagement, we speak to our client, we try to understand exactly, you know, one, what their business goals are, but two, also the site goals and the objectives, and then who their target audience is. You know, from that, it's like, if there's something that comes up that says, like, for example, a very interactive experience of some sort that may be difficult to translate into something that a screen reader could decipher, like, what it is, what it's trying to do, you know, it's like we might kind of reconsider, you know, some type of a feature on the site. You know, usually I don't think it ever gets that extreme, but, you know, it's something to keep in mind, like, what type of an experience is going to speak to your end user. Mm -hmm. It has to make sense. Otherwise, going back to the whole thing, what makes a great website, if it's not working for your end, your target audience, then you're missing the boat. Right. And so do you bring up a good point? In in an instance where you have this really incredible... um, incredibly designed, incredibly incredible interactive piece or something like that, that doesn't necessarily translate to, oh, this is an image, here's the alt text that that, right. that is the, the substitute. How do we treat that? And, and I, I, I'm... I think you can still strike a good balance between a rich experience, like, um, and but also probably making it accessible to all different types of audiences. Um, one of the ones that pops into mind is um, Snowfall. It was a very rich, interactive piece mm-hmm. developed by the New York Times with a lot of, like, nice, like, interactive, not in smaller interactive pieces, but the, the big thing was the way the elements were presented on the page. It's a little and bit more immersive. A little, Yeah, it's more of this immersive experience. It was like bringing in, you know, more of these uh, uh, ambient kind of background looping videos, but that added to the story. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of thinking things like through that type of lens versus, you know, I can't even imagine like back in the day when people were like creating these fully interactive site experiences that it's like, you know, right. it was so, all experience. And I think no focus on the content. Right. Really. So it's changed a little bit, you know, animate everything was kind of like <laughs> yeah. the, the status quo back then. But uh, now it's more purposeful and mm-hmm. more uh, behavior oriented. We think about mm-hmm. our end user. We think about accessibility. And if we're designing a, an element that's interactive, we want to make sure it's tying back to the brand. It's tying back to a purpose. And so even the behavior of a button in the interactive state can still be both beautiful and mm-hmm. but also uh, usable, yeah, functional, yeah. right? Functional. And the, that's where the the content strategy side. I mean, there's uh, we you know this episode is about um, the elements that make up a, a strong website, a strong user experience mm-hmm. for, for that website, and um, content strategy has a, has a role in all this as well, right? I mean, the accessibility is one side of it, but the design really needs to. Um, you know, at the risk of outing myself here, the design really needs to to complement the the goals of the site, the strategy, the, the content, the strategy that is um, has been put in place or developed. Um, so that's one thing. Um, speaking of content strategy and SEO, Donovan mentioned, um, you know, some of this stuff is. Um, is, is stuff on the back end that, that someone without a, a, who's not using a screen reader will never see. Um, but those things actually do affect search engine optimization. That's how, um, that's how you know, for example, the, the most basic one I can think of is uh, alt text on images. Screen readers use those, but um, search engine bots will crawl that to, because, you know, the technology isn't a, a, a 
um, machine can't quite go in there and look at a picture and tell you exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, they rely on that alt text to tell mm-hmm. you. So, um, Which is something that, and so, you know, I can imagine there's quite a, there's a number of websites out there in the universe that don't follow that rule. And it's like creating, they, you know, it might be a beautiful site. It might say all the right things, but if it's not searchable, if it's not crawlable, if it's not, you know, able to be, it's not accessible, then. Right. Yeah, yeah it's going to hurt its indexation. It's going to hurt its rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, what, if you don't have a site that, that provides a, a good user experience, so it can have one of these elements. Maybe it's beautifully designed, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have a great user experience. Um, and it's not going to be found. It's not going to be helpful for your for your right. target audience. And there's nothing worse than I think, like you know, somebody coming to a site, um, looking for you know a key piece. Of, so you've you've got their attention for a very limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. And if they go into the site and something doesn't work, they can't access. They can't access it. They can't find it. They can't see it. It's something that's buried. When like if there had been some content strategy done on it, mm-hmm. and there was better understanding as to like you know the hierarchy of information, what need to be presented first. If it's not there, they're gone. Right. Yeah. You, you brilliant visuals can only hold an attention for so long. And I don't. I'm not. You know, no. I'm not trying to provoke you over there, Dan. No, 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 but, no. I think you only have about ten seconds. Yeah. Uh, before someone decides yeah. to to leave or stay. Mm-hmm. Um, so certainly, um, little micro animations and, and beautiful imagery can maybe entice them to stay. But mm-hmm. the, the web is becoming increasingly task oriented. It serves a purpose. Um, the we, users want to get what they want now. So load times and, and getting to the information quickly uh, is, is very important. And design can still play into that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm. Yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up. The load times and stuff. I mean, that stuff is is critical to to performance, not only from a user standpoint, but search engines now. I mean, um, as of like, I think it's. I think it was July or maybe it was June, but very recently, Google um, has explicitly stated that their uh, mobile load times, mobile page speed, mm-hmm. is a, is a, a ranking factor. So again, it, and and why? Because we we talked about it at the top of the episode. Um, their goal is to provide the best user experience possible. And if you're waiting around for three seconds, which doesn't seem like a long time, but in terms of web, I mean, we're very mm-hmm. impatient people. Uh, it doesn't seem like a long time, but right. if you're sitting around for three seconds, you don't see anything on your screen, you're just going to abandon that, that ship, right. so to speak. And people are increasingly using the mobile devices or tablets to do everything. Right. right. So I don't know what the current stat is, but uh, it's probably greater than 60% of yeah, all I'm, sites accessed are via a mm-hmm. tablet oh, yeah. or a mobile phone yeah we're we're definitely trending i mean and it's it it with the access with you know with the advent of or the advent the advancement of mobile technology uh with the just the access you know that people are having around the world to it it's it's becoming it's it's more convenient in some cases Mm -hmm. um but yeah so mobile the mobile experience that i mean we probably need to do a whole episode on that right you know there's one example that comes to mind like i was thinking recently looking at airbnb on my on my phone um and i was like amazed by by how quick it was working, you know, and the images were downloading quickly. And I was like, this is a huge difference from what it was acting like about, or the performance on it a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. where it's like they they know that it's like their business and what they're selling is completely dependent on big images. So you can imagine yourself, you know, staying in this home or whatever it might be, you need to see it. And 
the site experience was not great. It was great on desktop. It was terrible on mobile devices. Well, now it's optimized. Yeah, There's a reason why everybody's hustling. They're right. on it. <laughs> and it's up, it's up to us to be responsible mm-hmm. uh, in that regard and the fact that we know that the desktop can have beautiful full-width images, but when that scales down, we're not making calls to the DOM to say, okay, we'll go get that image. No, we're going to have a separate image, mm-hmm. and it's optimized and scaled down and uh, for the for the mobile. Yeah. yeah. You have these competing nice. forces that are working to make web development a lot more complicated. On one hand, we want you know a single HTML page to be responsive and work for multiple devices, but we want the images to be optimized for those different environments, which you know complicates this design and the and the maintenance of a website. Um, you know, to be able to to accommodate all those use cases in the optimal way. Mm-hmm. Um, you still want it to be performant. You want it to be easy to maintain. Those are hard things to uh, to reconcile. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you chimed in because you know we're talking about all these things and it's like this doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's not like oh you know hey here's here's the the plan go out and execute and it just magically happens. We've got you know guys like Donovan and his team that are uh, that have to spend you know this this can make your guys' lives pretty pretty painful sometimes. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's something that, that's important. And if we're talking about providing the best user experience, it's it's these things that all uh, need to kind of come together. And mm-hmm. um, fortunately, we've got, you know, we've got talented folks that do it. And right. there's, you know, there's tons of people out and there. And we do our best, like, when we're kind of the pre-planning, the discovery, the development of the project plan, and development of wireframes and design and all this other stuff, we we start talking as early as possible to make sure that whatever it is we're suggesting, you know, some crazy thing we come up with can be done, but also it's like, does it make sense? Will it work? What's going to be the ultimate, like, you know, is it usable, everything else useful? I think, I think that's an important step that often uh, is overlooked Mm -hmm. is the planning phase. Yeah. Um, It seems like uh, in this day and age that, you know, everyone can have this, amazing website in, in 90 seconds and that's just you you can have one but it's not going to be optimized it's not going to be um the, the best user experience per mm-hmm. se yeah. uh, without that planning without the research and the discovery of the user personas and the, yeah. the past and what are, what are they trying to do the goal oriented type of right. research and yeah. that goes into it the canned solutions never going to do it <laughs> right well and that's so that's one thing that I mean, if we're if we're passing out tips here today, we would say to the folks listening out there, um, planning. Darren, you hit the nail on the head. Planning and, and thinking about all of this and how it's going to work together and fit. Um, that's a crucial step in all this. It's not just hey, get in there, start coding. Hey, get in there and, and start you know writing or, or, or designing. Um, it's okay. How do all these pieces fit together? Um, that and and when. With the goal of the end product being um, a beautiful, functional, useful, right. uh, one thing we didn't talk about we should is a secure, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, fast website, so, uh, optimal performance. So um, that requires a lot of upfront, you know, thinking, collaboration, mm-hmm. getting in the room together. Cynthia, you mentioned it. Um, you know, when we're brainstorming these these sometimes crazy ideas, <laughs> um, you know, it always helps to go run to the development team and say, hey, right, yeah. we're thinking about doing this. Um, right. How much are you going to hate me when we when we pull the trigger on this, <laughs> yeah. you know? But it, it, those are worthy conversations, and I think that um, that's, that mm-hmm. that is, you know, collaboration. I mean, we have... We have a list of things that we think are important, but collaboration is, is most certainly on there. I mean, it should be at least, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the where like a waterfall process is not the way to go. So it's not a matter of like it's not a relay race. Like here you go, pick up the <laughs> baton and run with it. You know, because then it's like, well, okay, um, you wanted all this, and I don't know if we can do that or if that's even a good idea. So right. you know, that's what we're we avoid when we collaborate. You know, when we work together and plan ahead. You know, we reduce the risk of that happening. Yeah, so. all of those components that you mentioned and we've been talking about have to play nice together. So from a brand perspective, if we're deciding, deciding on an image, what's the tone, what's the, uh, what's the visual expression of that image, and how does that play into brand? If it's a message, if it's a piece of copy, copywriting, how does that uh, explicitly stated and purposeful and task-oriented, but also on brand, it could be playful, it could be energetic, uh, it could be, uh, you know, it has to tie back to brand, but then it also plays into the usability mm-hmm. and the accessibility. All those things work together. Right, and the content strategy is, is again, at the at the risk of outing myself, um, <laughs> it, it's, I don't want to say dictating, because that's probably not the right word, but there's a content strategy. So um, when you're, when we have, you know, our writers hammering away on content, not only do they have to incorporate the brand and they have to incorporate kind of the, the tone and the voice, but they have to make sure that ultimately that content is accomplishing the goal that's laid out in in this um, in this in this particular instance, whether it's a landing page, mm-hmm. or it's the home page, or it's a product page, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a again, there's a lot of moving parts, um, and it's you know when you take a step back and look at it, it's it's kind of you know we take it for granted because we do it every day, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of fascinating, and it's mm-hmm. pretty impressive. I'm, I'll toot our own horn here for a second. But. I mean, you can take that even a step further back. There are so many times when we're in a discovery process and we're talking about, you know, site architecture and communicating uh, about this business, about this company and who they are, um, where we discover that our clients haven't really given that a lot of thought. You know, they've been very tactical in their business operations. And all of a sudden we need to uh, tell the world about their company and they're starting to question, well, how are we really structured? How do we really operate? How do we make decisions? Mm -hmm. How do we do our business? And it turns into kind of a therapy session for, for our customers where we're, we're having to take a step back. You know, you're not quite ready to talk about yourself yet. Let's, let's figure out who you are first, mm-hmm. and then we can start this process. That's a really good point. I, I mm-hmm. think that that happens. Um, you know, I, you can see the, the su- almost the surprise and the, the, you know, it almost comes a moment of dread when then they're like, wait, <laughs> we don't know who we are. How are we going to tell people who we are? But it, it, it's, it's, I think it's another uh, valuable piece of this process is really mm-hmm. if you don't have that ironed out, this process can um, facilitate that. I'm not right, going to say it's, right. it, it does it for you, but and it facilitates understanding it. what you're offering is key in making sure that the site experience demonstrates that. So it's like if your business is you know, all about timely delivery on service and service, 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 you get to the site, you better make sure that it's like the site also demonstrates that in the same spirit, that it's like speaking about the brand through the experience. So it's like, you know, provide really robust search features, really robust filtering features. It's like that all needs to be there. Otherwise, you know, it's like if they are, if a customer, if you say that Mm -hmm. in the brand messaging and the marketing materials and you get to the site and it does not demonstrate that same level of service that you're talking about. Yeah, you fall short of your yeah. promise. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're not being authentic. I mean, you're, maybe you're being aspirational in your, yeah. your message to your users, but you're not being authentic, and it really should be a little of both. Absolutely, yeah. and that's what, I mean, that's what we preach, obviously, to our clients all the time is be authentic in your brand. You know, your brand needs to reflect who you are um, because 
ultimately it will get sniffed out if you're not authentic or if you're if you're not who you say you are. Um, brands that last and brands that succeed, they're ones that are true to themselves. They live their values. Um, they're they're um, aligned in every aspect, of, whether it be website, whether it be their operations, whether I mean customer service, all of it down the line. Um, and and there's plenty of brands out there we could point to as as examples. But uh, the most authentic ones, I think we all agree, is are are the ones that that. Are, are the best brands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it's interesting that we're having this conversation about brand, discussing about discussing websites, right, and how do we plan websites. So uh, it happens a lot, though. Uh, companies come in and say, we need a new website. And then what happens is we backpedal and say, well, what you actually need to do is define your brand first. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, the effect of what an organization does, the behavior of an organization, is the brand, essentially. And if they don't know that, um, how can we design a great website? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it's like, you know, if they come in and we don't figure that out, then we develop something that basically turns into informational website that just kind yeah. of, you know. Falls flat. Falls yeah. flat, doesn't do anything. It's kind of like, okay, you know, versus yeah. really demonstrating what it is that you're offering or talking about. Yeah. So, um I mean, we've talked about we've talked about a lot of the different components. We've talked about accessibility. We've talked about usability. Uh, we've talked about creative uh, a fair amount. We've talked about uh, content strategy. Um, one of the other things we talked we touched a little bit on security, and 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 um, I want to you know point out that that is that is an important part of a website. Um, you know, if you're in the UK, for example, or if you do business in the UK, it is a legally an important part of your website. You must protect user data. Um, Google. Um, you know, is 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 showing error messages to folks who don't have um, are are four excuse me four sites that don't have um, secure sites in in some instances. So um, it again that's going that is and going to continue to be more and more important in the protection of user data. Um, so I want to make sure we you know we mention that as well because yeah, that deserves absolutely. a seat at the table. Yeah, I mean there's a, there's a couple aspects. One is uh, just obviously protecting your website. You know. And, making sure that uh, anonymous or whoever doesn't deface it and <laughs> embarrass you. Um, but uh, protecting user data is even more important. And we, we see that all too often in the news where, where databases have been corrupted or, or accessed and people's information is dumped. So, yeah, yeah really important for your branding. It's especially important for the businesses. I mean, yeah. uh, we, we hear people all the time that have got their personal site hacked. And if it's not secure, and all of a sudden they get Google blacklisted because their site was being used to uh, spam, right? Right, um, and so um, that's something to watch out for. Security has to be in place, even for the basic user. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 so with all of that in mind, you know, we've talked like uh, I cataloged the list of the things we've spoken about. The one thing that I also want to mention uh, as we, we you know get close to wrapping up here is uh, measurement is important in, in this because. Um, you, you know, we talked about providing a good user experience. Well, how do you know if you're providing a good user experience unless you actually measure? You put, uh, you know, you, there's there's analytics, there's tagging on the site that that you know you can kind of monitor. Um, but me- these 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 measurement tools allow us to go back and look and say this isn't really working mm-hmm. how we intended. So it, it, 
it goes all the way back to the beginning. There's goal setting, right? Mm -hmm. I want my site to do this. I want users to take this action on my site. Um, and then as we develop those things, um, as we create that, create that, we create those experiences uh, to try to, you know, the content strategy is largely based on those user goals. Mm -hmm. um, we want to monitor those, the, the, uh, the effectiveness, how, how we're doing. Um, but that can also, I mean, it's not just, oh, did we, this goal um, get reached? I mean, you can measure things like, uh, you know, this marquee image is more effective than this one. People respond to it more. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Different, I mean, form, uh, lengths of forms, mm -hmm. things like that. I mean, usability, there's a lot of, of um, insight to be had from analytics. And I think uh, a lot of times when folks, uh, some, you know, potential clients come into our office, a lot of times they haven't thought through that strategy. And that, again, it, it kind of goes back to, well, if you're not, if you're not thinking about your analytics or you don't have an analytics strategy, then how do you know? How do you know what changes to make? How do you know um, what updates are right. need to be made and what yeah. fixes? What is and isn't working? And I think there's something to that. Then it's like the fixes. You know what needs to be fixed. What you know hasn't been taken in cons into consideration. You know before executing whatever it is. So, and I think in some some cases like um, this is where it makes sense. And it makes sense to to actually do usability testing towards the beginning. Um, you know, if you're going to usability test your wireframes or use, usability test the uh, user interface. But, you know, in some cases, like where we are working on existing sites, you know, we can do usability testing on an existing site. Make sure and then, you know, organize user tasks, um, have that together for the testing, and then see, like, what's not working, right, you know? Right. So maybe that's a part of it, too, along with, you know, what the analytics are saying as well. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really important to know, like, we design, like, basically what you're saying is we design for outcomes, specific mm -hmm. outcomes mm -hmm. every time, mm -hmm. um, but we have measurement tools in place to change and adapt right. and change. That's the web is fluid. The web is dynamic. The web right. is ever changing. So we can. That's the, that's the cool thing about yeah, it. Yeah, right? it's never set in stone. It's it is a not literal, but really close to a living, mm -hmm. breathing thing. Mm -hmm. Where it's like you know the site's never done. Right. Should always iterate. Right. I mean, we we see that with clients that we've been working with for you know better part of two decades, and um, you know so, something that was great in maybe you know ten years ago mm -hmm. that obviously needs to be updated every every right. so often. And to, to users change. Correct. Users change. It's like yeah. I have an example. It's like recently we conducted some usability testing, and you know the one thing that we were surprised by was some of our younger users. Oh. They did not use site navigation. They just wanted to search. They said, I don't have time to use site navigation, which I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you know, what does that mean? It's like that our search features need to be really robust. Right. You know? That's that's a good example. Yeah. Not of, that they didn't always need to be, but even more so. Right. That's But it's a good example of, of that kind of insight you can yeah. draw from analytics and yeah. metrics. So, um, guys, uh, this I think we've covered it pretty thoroughly. Um, I really, you know, appreciate the time. I think this was really helpful, uh, really educational. Great. I learned a lot. So thanks for taking the time, guys. I really appreciate it. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode of Solving for B. Like the show? Why not subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play? As always, there's plenty more insight at BrandExtract.com. Thanks for listening to Solving for B with Brand Extract. <laughs>